Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Morning and welcome parents. Teens are infamous for their risky behavior and questionable choices. It actually reflects healthy brain development, believe it or not. But when it comes to behavior that has serious repercussions like substance use, fighting, shoplifting, and truancy, we need to step in. Our instincts is to lay down the law and pile on the restrictions, but often that strategy backfires in the long run. So what do we do to keep our kids safe? Mm -hmm. In this episode, I'm joined by Bobby Huntley, the superintendent and pastor of Test of Faith Ministries in Virginia Beach. He served in the Virginia Beach City Public Schools for 19 years as a security assistant, in-school suspension coordinator, and dean of students and work adjustment teacher. He was also the director of the Gentlemen's Club, an after-school mentoring program for boys. Bobby is going to provide us guidance for addressing risky teen behavior in a way that keeps them safe and still builds trust, connection, and respect. Welcome, Bobby. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Kim. It's my privilege and honor to be I can't wait to hear from you and learn from your wisdom. Can you just start by sharing kind of a a brief backstory? What inspired you to become basically a youth activist? Well, it's funny. And the true story is this. I didn't have the desire to do this. It was kind of like, I'm not going to say thrust upon me. (laughs) Um, I had a dear friend of mine. I have a dear friend of mine who's a pastor. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me over the years that you really should come into the school system and help these kids out. Mm -hmm. And I would tell him, well, I don't deal with children. I deal with grown men. See, I'm a a Marine, uh, 13 and a half years in the Marine Corps. Uh, I'm six foot six, 365 pounds. So I'm a big guy. Yeah. So dealing with kids was not my forte. I like <laughs> dealing with grown men and helping grown men handle situations. Uh, but after a couple of years, he finally, uh, I tell you what sold me on the idea of coming to the school system. Uh, he said, well, you know what? Uh, I know you have your business, an inspirational speaker, and you're an author of several books, and you do a lot of traveling. And you, but you do a lot of your work on the weekends and or during the summer. I said, this is true. He said, well, if you come into the school system, you work eight to five or nine to three. You're off every evening. You have your weekends off and you get paid in the summer. I said, wait a minute, run that back again. He said, you get paid in the summer. That sounds great. What do I sign? And so I just initially went in just to you know, to, to get my foot wet and see what this is all about. Didn't, again, didn't think I had a niche to deal with children, uh, although I've raised some wonderful children and, and grandchildren of my own, you know, uh, but to deal with other people's children, that wasn't, that wasn't going to fit for me. So I started at Plaza Middle School, and uh, I was there my first year as security assistant, and that went pretty well. Um, a gentleman who had the mentoring program, the Gentleman's Club, Mr. Paul Arrington, he um, had the program, and um, the Gentleman's Club is a character development mentoring program for youth. Mm-hmm. And so after the first year at the school, uh, me being there, he decided he no longer could do the program. He asked me to take over the program. 
And so I said, okay, this is different, but I'll try it. And then my first year doing the program, um, surprisingly enough, it was a huge success. And then it kind of just took off from there. And whenever I went to another school for a different position or what have you, they would always ask me in the interview, if we hire you, will you do your gentleman's club here at this school? Because Love it had it. taken legs on its own and we had a lot of media coverage and it was changing people's lives. And I'm saying to myself, my God, is this really my true calling? And then um, 19 years with the school division, 14 years as a character development mentoring program with the Gentleman's Club. And what's unique about the program, Dr. Kim, is that every school I went to after the first year starting the program, we started a girls program, also a ladies club. And so they worked hand in hand and it was truly amazing, truly awesome. And it touched and changed not only the lives of the students, but it uh, it increased the, uh, the positive morale of the school system and even the community got involved. So it's been a huge success here in Virginia Beach. That's amazing. And thank you for doing that. I can't believe how many lives you've impacted positively by doing that, right? I mean, these kids need that so badly. Can you share yes. with us kind of what lessons have you learned from that? Because we see a lot of kids yeah. and, and I see them every day, you know, kids that are struggling and then it comes out in this risky behavior. And as parents, we get very scared and we don't know how to address it um, without causing this riff and anger and frustration and everything else. So what have you learned from your experiences working with the Gentlemen's Club and with boys? Right. Yeah, I've always tried to be true, to, not only to myself, but to the people I come in contact with. And when dealing with the, the students, I would always reflect back on my youth and the trouble I got involved in and how I wasn't so good of a son at, at certain times of being misbehaved. Uh, although my mother um, was a very uh, positive woman, and who taught me values, who taught all of her children values and, and, and morals and things of that nature. But as a youth, you still have a tendency to, to sway and to go out and do your own thing. So I would always constantly reflect back and never, never want to be a different. So when I speak to the youth, reminded of how I came out and how I came, you know, I, I'm reminded of the end result and that I made it. And if yeah. I can make it, then I can share my stories with them and hopefully get them to a level to where they're comfortable with to trust me and to be able to help them, you know, to mature and to navigate through this thing we call life. And so that's been the biggest key for me is to always be honest and to reflect back on my path and to realize that, you know, with all the adversity that I went through, with all the trouble that I caused and all the uh, the mayhem I, I may or may not have done, uh, I still came out okay. And so when you, when you have that type of attitude to know that none of us are perfect. Mm. And then I believe that there's no such thing as a child born bad. I, mm. th I think that these are life circumstances that, that comes out of for nurturing, uh, then that child, uh, I believe, will come out just fine. Uh, I, I can say that because of the number of children I've had to deal with. And we're talking about children that are in gangs, you know, uh, um, uh, I worked at an alternative high school uh, and, and, you know, you have children at school and you hear the teachers say, well, you know, at our school, we only, we only have about 10% that are troubled kids, 90% are great. Well, at an alternative school, that's 100% of the kids that right. are troubled. And so, yeah, and dealing with them, and again, just getting to their level and understanding them. 
But I think one of the things that turned the light on for me when I was at the, uh, at Kempsfield Middle School, no, excuse, no, excuse me, Lansdowne Middle School was a, uh, I was an in-school suspension coordinator. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the last step before a student is being put out of school. They have, you know, in-school suspension for two or three days. And they would do their assigned work in the classroom, in the, the room that I had them in. And once they were done with their work, they had a lot of free time. So I thought I would utilize this time productively. We would have a roundtable discussion. I'd have them pull their chairs together in a round, roundtable format. And I'd just listen to them to find out, you know, their background, where they come from, what's going on with them them you know why did they get up in iss uh, why are the behavior problems and one of the things that they con- continuously talked about was respect that they felt that they wasn't getting enough respect from the teachers mm. yeah and i had to ponder on that for quite some time because you know i grew up as a child that you you were seen and not heard, and you always had respect for adults, but you very seldom got respect back from adults, you know. Uh, but now, and so when I started calling them, uh, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, uh, Mr. So-and-so, let me see you in my office, or whatever the case may be, then that came back to me. So I'm a true believer that you get out of this world what you put into this world. So if I treat this, the students with respect, speak calmly and softly to them, then that reciprocates. It, it's going to come back. So that's one of the values that I gained from them is to listen and to meet them where they're at. I love this so much because that is one thing that I'm always teaching is if we want to teach our kids to respect us, we show them respect first, we which have is to. very have to. difficult for adults. We feel that if we're not getting respect, we yeah. withhold it but it has that opposite effect. I see it with trust too. If we want kids to trust us, we need to first trust them, which is very scary. Why is it so hard for adults to put ourselves in that position of being the first to respect and trust? Why do we struggle so hard with that when it comes to our kids? I, um, well, again, you know, um, I, I'm a product of the sixties. Can you hear I can, yeah. I see a side pop. So I'm a product of the 60s. And, and I grew up in a time where, you, you know, you, you truly had to respect not only your parents, but you respect the, the other uh, parents and adults in the neighborhood and any and every adult that you would come in contact with. But on the flip side of that, you, was, you were not as a child getting the respect you know, from uh, from uh, other members in society. Your parents would respect you to some degree, but still at the same time, it was, you know, you do as I say, not so much do what you see me do, you know. Uh, but it's a yeah. different it's a different time that we live in now. And I, I think our children are, are way smarter than we were because the technology of today, you know, I, I'm still getting around asking my young, uh, my, my grandchildren, 10, 11 years old, how to work this, what to do with that, you know, so kids are a lot smarter these days. And so we have to treat them. And I don't, I don't, I, I'm not advocating that we uh, consider them adults, of course not, but we still have to show respect to them. And respect is, 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 is something that you have to earn. I think you have to earn respect. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people question and say, Um, kids today are so much more disrespectful. When we were young, we didn't even question our parents this way or say anything like this to adults. Do you feel like all of a sudden a whole generation kids were just naturally born more disrespectful? Or what do you think 
why do you think we have this perception that they're more disrespectful now? That's a great question. And uh, and I always try to get, I, 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 if I'm being honest, I blame a certain generation. I blame um, younger generation or the generation that came after me that's having babies now. Mm. Uh, because again, respect is something that's taught in the home. So mm. if it's not being taught in the home, then, you know, children are, are left with, they're not left with a whole lot to work with. They yeah. come into the school system and, and, and they're expected to behave a certain way, but they're not getting it at home. They're not yeah. being taught how to be respectful. They're not being taught how to take care of themselves and, you know, and, and show respect to adults and respect to them. And so it's, it's up to the teachers or to certain programs in the schools to teach them these things. Uh, we live in a dead area now where, uh, you know, there's not a lot of two parenting in a household. Mm-hmm. Um, the father is not there. The mother's left to um, uh, to do her part and to make up for the part for the as well. In most cases, the mothers are holding two or three jobs, so yeah. they're not there to give that proper nourishing and that proper teaching on respect and those values and those morals because the mother they're they're tied down with other things. You're still trying to uh, take care of the household, and so these things are lacking. Uh, so when they come to school, you know, a lot of times they, they may not even be, uh, have, have eaten prior yeah. to coming to school, may not even have the proper rest, you know, and so, so many things that they're faced with, then they get to school and right away, they're greeted at the door, hurry up, get to your lockers, hurry up and let's yeah. do this, hurry up, we got things to do, we got to, but you don't know what that child has experienced just to get to school. You know, yeah. they come with a lot of luggage. And so if, if we uh, meet them at the door with a smile, a hug, something, you know, to change where they came from, change the behavior of what they're used to. Uh, and, and I found that to be quite enjoyable when you when you really uh, come down to their level and get to a level of understanding of where they're coming from. Yeah. Now let's go into, cause we've, we've got parents listening who are going, okay. I give them all of that. They're, they're, they're fed. I mean, they got everything they're, or, they're ordering Starbucks and having it delivered mm-hmm. to the door and they've got everything. And yet they're still disrespecting Tell me, me <laughs> and they're still yeah. doing behaviors that are really questionable. We, if we're parents and we feel like we're giving them everything we need. Now we just talked about the respect. And I think that's one thing that is often missing is we expect them to respect us first and we're not modeling it, but our kids Certainly. are acting out right. and we don't know what else to do. What do we do as parents? How do we, how do we reach our kids? Okay. Now I'm a very spiritual man. And as you shared with, I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things that I do, I, I lead from that. I, I, I trust um, my what's what's inside of me to pour out. Yeah, uh, I, I make sure that the atmosphere is, is right in my home. Yeah. Um, that there's calmness and there's peace in my home. Children are still going to be children, no matter how much love, how much you give them. You know how much of anything you do in a positive way. Children are still going to be children. They're not perfect. You weren't perfect. We're we're not perfect. They're going to make mistakes. And the thing about it is, we have to give them the the necessary tools 
uh, that for them to utilize. And so when when difficult things happen, uh, uh, chat that they're faced with challenges, they make the right decision. Case in point, um, I I've taught my sons as much as I can as to to be a man. I've taught my children to respect. I've taught my children how to conduct themselves, all of these things, how to make wise decisions. And I, I made them understand that what I've given you, there's going to come time that you're going to put it to, to action. Uh, one day I took my son uh, on Friday. He likes to go to the bowling alley. This is not like skating. This is when he was in middle school. He would go skate. I would drop him off and and, and, um, and he would skate. So I dropped him off on Friday, maybe about Saturday evening. By the time I got home, 10 minutes later, he called me, Dad, come get me. Son, mm -hmm. I just walked the door. What's wrong? Dad, come get me. I went back, picked up my son. Son, what's going on? Well, me and a bunch of friends, we decided to walk over to McDonald's. Not a problem. They went to McDonald's. But after that, some of the kids decided to walk through other neighborhoods and they were looking to break into cars. Mm -hmm. When my son heard that, my son said, no, that's not what I'm going to do. He turned and walked away from them and he called me to come and get him. Yeah. You see, that's me talking to my son, let him know that you have to be careful of the people that you hang around with. Birds of a feather flock together. Now, here you are walking through the neighborhood with them and not that you had bad intentions, but they had bad intentions. And when you hear that, you have to separate yourself from that. See, I, I, I've had a lot of um, things happen to me in my life and, and seeing a lot of my friends go down the wrong path and uh, end up losing their lives and things of that nature. And so I've shared these experiences with my children and even with the people, the young men in my mentoring program. And so the thing of it is to instill these values in them, teach them these life lessons, whether you experience them or not, let them see this could happen when you when you drink and you shouldn't drink you know to an adult you know this is what happens to your body when you smoke and you shouldn't be smoking it's not good for you these are the results yeah you know and so as parents we have to give them as much information as we have and trust them trust the process that they will make the, the, the sound decisions you know uh, uh, that hopefully will not affect them in a bad way uh, as they grow yeah i i think one of the things that parents struggle with too is that we've got all this information, right? And we've got all this great advice and we try to present it to our kids and they roll their eyes at us and they're like, mom, I know you guys don't get it, right? And so they kind of shut us down a lot of times and I see this often, or then they go ahead and they lie about what they're doing because they just don't want you on their back. Right. And they're going to go make that decision anyway. And I, when I, when I see that, I see parents start to panic and they start just setting down rules and regulations and tracking them and following them and doing all of this to try to protect them. But what I see is the kids end up acting out more and pushing them away more. So when parents get in this point of, I know they're doing something that is dangerous. I've tried to tell them everything. I've told them over and over again what they can get and they don't care. They're not listening to me. Now, what do I do to keep them safe? Well, and you point out some very um, profound things and there's not really much you can do. Now, again, I'm a spiritual man, so I pray, yeah. you know, I, I, I actually, uh, I actually pray over my children before they leave, whether they realize it or not. 
I pray peace and blessings over their lives. I even lay hands on my children. When I say lay hands, I don't mean in a negative sense, but in a positive spiritual sense that I believe in speaking uh, affirmation, positive things over their lives because I know that you get out of this world what you put into it and the positive things that you say, it will come back. So the best you can do is be the best parent you possibly can be. And then trust that they will make the right decisions. And then if they fall, because they will fall, be there to catch them when they mm. fall. You know, yeah. continue to show them love. Continue to show them love and just and just be be mindful and be prayer, prayerful that it will. And that's the best you can do other than, you know, attach yourself to them and go with them everywhere they go. And you can't, you certainly can't do that. And I, and I and and it's sad that a parent would have to probably try to follow their child or you know put a tracking device on them or you know. But as a parent, I think you should do what you have to do, um, but you still have to give them their space. You still have yeah. to give them their space, and and because I know that even my own sons, uh, I have four sons and a daughter, and they're all grown now. My youngest is twenty one. Uh, but just, you know, rearing them, you know, as adolescents or what have you. And when they made mistakes, they would always come back and say, dad, you were right. I, mm. I, I should have listened. Dad, you were right. I should have listened. Yeah. Well, yeah, dad is right. And I'm not going to tell you anything wrong. And I've lived my life and I've had some uh, hit and misses, um, some of some stumbles, some falls. And I don't want you to have to go down that same road. But if you choose to go down that same road, this is what you're faced with. These are life's consequences. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's very challenging for parents, uh, especially this day and age when, when they have so much at their hands so much that they can get themselves involved in. Uh, but just keep parenting, yeah. just keep loving. Yeah, um, I think that's a big, big piece of this. No, go ahead, I didn't want to mean to interrupt, go ahead. No, no, thank you. Um, and, and and I'm not, um, I'm doing my best to keep from um, seeing a lot of spiritual things. Um, but one of, one, of, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible said, with loving kindness have I drawn thee unto me. And so if I, if I continue to pour out the love, continue to be kind, you know, and just let them know that I'm here for you, you know, and then again, just trust, trust that what you deposit into them will, will, will present itself at the right time. And I believe it will. I believe it will. And, and as parents, we just have to do all that we can to protect our children. But at the end of the day, it's their decision and it's their choices to make, but just be there for them. That is beautifully said. And I think that sums up all of it is that we have to trust in it. We show, yes. we continue to show love. The relationship and the connection we have with them is of a lot more powerful than trying to control it, right? That connection yes. and that trust yes. and that respect and allowing them that space, I think is beautiful. It's not easy, but right. in the long run, that's where we, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's where we can help them actually start making better decisions yes. because they know we're there. I love this. Thank you so much. Now, Bobby, yeah. Where can people find right. you? Thank you. And I think other, Dr. Camp, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Let me say this last piece, please. Please do. Another thing is be true to who you are to your children. Mm -hmm. Let them know the mistakes you made as a child. You know, let them know the mistakes you made as a child. Perhaps may have lost because of their bad decision making. 
thinking. You know, as parents, a lot of times we want to come across like, you know, we had it all together growing up as a child. Didn't that as if you didn't mistakes when we did make mistakes. Yeah. So be up, fair, and honest with your children, and I think they'll let you even more. Um, as far as where you can find me, uh, my website is brayhuntleyenterprises.com, B-R-A-Y-E, Huntley, H-U-N-T-L-E-Y, enterprises.com. Um, there you will find books. I'm an author of five books. Um, the first book that I've written is an autobiography of my life. It's titled Italy and Back in Black Man's Odyssey. And I talk about my my childhood growing up and the troubles mm. that I got involved in and uh, share a quick story with you. When I was 11 years old, um, the ice cream man would come in our neighborhood and, you know, to sell ice cream cones and what have you. And he was working his truck and it was a, 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 a cup full of coins. And there was so much money in that cup, it was running over. And so quickly I snatched it and took off running. Mm-hmm and uh, hid behind some houses. And I was just so excited about all this money I had. Um, but then something hit me. I, I, I knew that I was wrong in what I was doing. I could hear him walking around uh, trying to find, I had so much conviction in me that I took the money back to him, apologized to him and he asked me, why did I do it? I said, I don't know, it was just a quick response. Uh, and he said, well, why'd you bring it back? I said, because I knew it was the wrong thing to do. I should not have taken your money. And what I learned from that is that because of my honesty, he told me, he said, you will never have to uh, buy ice cream for me. Whenever I come into your neighborhood, you'll always get a free ice cream cone from me because of your honesty. And that was 11 years old. And I took that and it, I've ran with that all my life is to always be honest because good things come to those who are honest. And I really believe that. Uh, but Italy and back, a black man's odyssey, an autobiography of my life and my tour in the Marine Corps. Uh, another book that I've written is titled Mothers Please. And this is a good book. And I'll have the show it to you right here. Mothers Please is a self-help book for single mothers raising sons without the help of the father and or the male role model. In this book, I list eight mistakes single mothers make. Mm. This is not a book because I'm a product of a single mother. I can't make the profound statement that uh, a woman cannot teach a boy how to be a man. It's impossible for a woman to teach a boy how to be a man. It takes a man to teach a boy how to be a man. So that's a powerful book there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a book. Uh, I co-authored a book with a friend of mine uh, titled The Gentleman's Club. And this is a book on how to start your own mentoring program. So this is a very powerful book as well on how to start a mentoring program for boys and for girls. Uh, my latest book, you know, I retired 2021 after 19 years with the school division. And I immediately started writing my uh, my fifth book, and it's titled "The Shaping of Our Future Generation: Putting a Plug in the Scooter Prison Pipeline." Mm. And this book it's only been out about a year, and uh, it's a, it's a great book, and it's um, a lot of a lot of wisdom in this book um, that talks about a lot of the pitfalls that goes on in the school system, and that how important it is to have a character development mentoring program to help our children make it through so they won't end up um, dropping out of school and ending up in prison. So all those books are, are available on on my website. Um, brayhuntleyenterprises.com and also through amazon.com and perhaps any other bookstores 
So there you have it. I will have links to everything in the show notes. So <laughs> make, make sure people can find those. That looks like some great resources. Absolutely. What is one thing, Bobby, before we go, what is the one thing that you really want to make sure parents walk away with from this episode? Thank you. Well, the one thing would have to be respect. That's what I tell my, 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 my youth, my children, and they all know, I tell them, I said, what's the one thing, if I had one word that I want you to always do and have, and what would be that? And they would say respect. I said, yes, because I taught them that respect first come within you. It comes from you. If I have respect for myself, then I'm going to carry myself in the right manner so that people will respect me. I'm not going to do anything against me or anything that's going to hurt me that would cause people to not respect me. So yeah. respect is always the first that I talk about having respect for yourself first and you'll have respect for others. That's fantastic and a great way to end the episode. Thank you, Bobby. I'm so grateful you could join us today. Thank you, Dr. Kim. I really appreciate this time and space. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. I really appreciate you. Until next time, stay curious. And remember, there's always more to the story than what you see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.